Turn your eyes toward the screens and welcome Pastor Chris and Vicki. Hi, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, we want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And we hope you're all doing well and your families are feeling God's blessings. And Charlie, do you want to say anything to everybody? No. Want to say hi? You can just wave. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I want to ask you one question. Remember you were telling me what you learned in Kids World the other day about the story? I think it was about a man who got swallowed by a big fish. <laughs> who was it? Jonah? Oh, what was Jonah doing? Huh? Oh, he was praying to God. And he was supposed to be going, where was he supposed to be going? Tell everybody. Oh. Oh, Nineveh? Was he supposed to go to Nineveh? Yeah. Okay. An abbreviated story from Charlie. That was really good. He did a good job. Uh, you want to say anything? Just Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all enjoy your time with your family and your friends, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. All right. Okay, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Wave. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's go, Charlie. Do you want to stay and help you the message? All right. I got to read a Bible verse. First Thessalonians. We're going to talk about being thankful tonight and... I think this is uh, one of the most simple verses and yet one of the most powerful. And it talks about it is God's will for us to be grateful. So let me read it, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I was, I was reading today that Thanksgiving celebrated in a lot of different countries. Whoops, do you want to get up? It's celebrated in a lot of different countries. And uh, I don't know if you realize it, but all over the world, people celebrate Thanksgiving. And if you think about it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, not everyone's uh, required to celebrate, but there's something... I guess inside of human nature that makes them want to celebrate. And uh, so now all over the world, and it's almost always connected to the harvest season where people have brought in food and now they've, they've received God's blessing, God's bounty, and they feel that it's, it's right to stop and to give thanks. And so this time of year, it's an amazing opportunity for all of us to just pause and to be grateful. And I was thinking about this verse because it's a pretty challenging verse. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, it says it's God's will for you. In other words, that's what God wants from us is to be thankful and I want you to think about that for a little bit. Why is it? Why is it that God wants us to be thankful? I find myself all the time trying to tell Charlie, say thank you, say thank you, say thank you. And she does a pretty good job. I'll give her credit for that. Not flawless by any means, but she's doing a really good job. And why is it? Why is it that I want her to be thankful? 
Why is it that God wants us to be thankful? It's God's will for you, it says. I remember when I was younger, um, it seemed like there was a lot of talk in the church and when I went to Bible college and people were always talking about what is God's will for your life? And whenever they talked about God's will, they were usually talking about, you know, where are you going to go in the ministry? Are you going to be a missionary? Are you going to travel overseas? Are you going to be a youth pastor? Are you going to are you going to be involved with music? What kind of, uh, of ministry are you going to do? What's God's will for you? Or they would talk about, you know, what kind of a school are you going to go to? Or who are you going to marry? Or and a lot of times what people do is they connect God's will to some major decision that they make in their life. We were talking with some friends today, and they were talking about uh, their high schooler who's going to be leaving high school and now has to make a decision about what they're going to do with their life. And these are always the kinds of things people talk about. What is God's will, you know? And I think it would be healthy and, and probably helpful if we didn't think about arriving at God's will, like we would, it was we picked the right job or we picked the right school or you picked the right spouse or whatever, as if doing God's will was getting a major decision right. I think what this is teaching us is it's way deeper than that. It's about having the right attitude in life. You know, if you have the right attitude, I think you can always get to the right destination. In fact, I believe that if you're listening to God, God will get you to the right destination. So what happens is a lot of people worry I'm going to miss God's will as if if I didn't hear correctly and I'm going to make the wrong decision and I'm going to end up in the wrong job or at the wrong school. People are always worried about that. They, they're sending their young ones off to college and like, oh no, what if he picks the wrong school? Uh, what if he picks the wrong path? And I'm going to say something that maybe will shock you a little bit, but you're not going to pick the wrong path. You're not. If you're following God in any way, you're not going to pick the wrong path. I mean, you may start and stumble a little bit down the wrong direction, but God will get you back on track. Don't worry about missing God's will. People use that phrase all the time. And there's so many stories in the Bible. Balaam's donkey, if you know that story, Numbers 22, right? Where the donkey was veering off the road. Balaam was whipping him, getting him back on the road, but God was putting an angel and it's to block that road with a sword, and Balaam kept beating his donkey, and finally the donkey speaks back to Balaam. God can use a donkey to get you back on track, or the story we heard from Charlie about Jonah and the whale, God can use a fish to spit you up on the beach. Um, God can use a vision. God can use a star to guide the wise men. God can use anything to get you on track. Following God's will isn't about making a one-time choice very well. And if you didn't pray well enough or if you didn't hear clearly enough that you made the wrong choice and now you're doomed, of course, I don't believe that's true. I mean, think about like trying to guard, to guide young Charlie. And, you know, if I want her to be somewhere, I mean, I'm going to find a way to get her there. I'll whisper, I'll joke, I'll tease, I'll try all different techniques but if I have to, I'll just pick her up and I'll just put her in the truck. And, you know, there are ways God picks a few people up with a, with a whale or whatever technique he needs to use. God will get you there. 
missing God's will is not about making a wrong decision. I think it puts too much at stake with a major decision if you miss a sign from God. I think God's will is much more about our attitude in life. It's much more about wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing right now, whatever you're dealing with right now, right now. If you got one kid home and two at college, if you got one in the oven and you know two in the playpen, it doesn't matter. Whatever situation you are in life, God, right? God wants you to have the right attitude. And the attitude is simply gratitude. It's being thankful. This is a straightforward verse. This is God's will for you. And it's pretty bold because it says, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, give thanks. Now, right away, if you're paying attention to that verse, you're saying, well, that's impossible. I mean, it's impossible that I am going to be thankful in all of my circumstances. I think that's the first human reaction. I think the other reaction that a lot of us have is, what are you talking about? That's that's oppressive, you know, that God would ask us to be thankful in all of our circumstances. But I think it's worth noting that it doesn't say we should be thankful for all of our circumstances. There's certainly some things that happen that I think break the heart of God and they would break your heart too. And this isn't about some unreasonable God demanding certain things. But what I think it is, is it's God's way of saying to us, look, if you can learn to be thankful in every season, in every part, in every portion of your life, if you can learn this, this is not oppressive. This is, take note, this is absolutely freeing. This is revolutionary. Why? Because your circumstances, listen very carefully to me, your circumstances will never, ever own you again. It will never be in charge of you. No other person can be in charge of you. The weather can be in charge of you. The economy can be in charge of you. Politics can be in charge. Nothing can be in charge of you. Why? Because you're calling your own shots. You are driving your attitude from the inside. In all things, give thanks. This is God's will for you. It's not as if God needs you because it's of his ego, and he wants to be thanked. I think it's it's his will for you because I think God wants to free you. God wants to free you from being oppressed by your circumstances. Hey, here's the reality. That word circumstances is a pretty powerful word because we all have a lot of different circumstances in life. And some of them are good. I mean, sometimes we're in the best circumstances and it's just easy to feel joy and happy, but let's be truthful. Sometimes they're not good. Sometimes around the holidays, you know, it's all this buildup in people's heads about how wonderful it is or should be. And sometimes we build it up too much. And then, you know, maybe the family's not all going to be together. And maybe there's been a family tragedy. And maybe there's been a family loss. Maybe you're going to gather on the table and someone's missing because they passed away. Countless things, circumstances that you can't control. So if you tie your attitude to the circumstances which are outside of your control, you've really given up your life. But if you can be thankful in all circumstances, you know, and, and think about it. 
yeah, you're not thankful for the for the negative. You're not thankful for the uh, for the bad. But what you can do is think about what is good, and there's a game changer. I'm not going to think about what's missing. I mean, I remember my grandma. You know, God bless her. Thank you so much for your prayers it's last month as we um, laid her later to rest and she's in the loving arms of God and hundred years, uh, man. But I remember one of the things that grandma, I mean, you know, for grandma it was always about getting everyone together, everyone together, right? At Christmas time. And, and it, it didn't matter. I mean, the house would be full. You couldn't even walk through the house. There's so many people and bumping into each other. And if there was one person missing, I mean, she'd start talking about it. You know, I just wish Dave was here. I just wish Dave was here. And that's like human nature, right? And uh, focus on the thing that's missing. But boy, that's that's human nature. And boy, that, that can be a struggle, you know? We can focus on the thing that's missing. Instead of what about who's present? What about what's here? What's in front of us? What's good? So I think... And this is what I want to say. I'll be absolutely clear about this. God wants us to be thankful for this reason. If you learn to be thankful, that will make you happy. And a lot of people think, well, no, I got to have something happen to be thankful for, or I got to have something to be, to be happy about. No, learn to be thankful. Learn to have that driving attitude that I'm grateful Find and search and throw things, and this will make you a happier person. Right away, some of you are pushing back at me mentally. You go, no, 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 that's not what's going to make me happy. And then you fill in the blank. This is what's going to make me happy. If I just get this job, or if I get rid of this job, or if I get a new boss, or if I get a raise, or and guess what it is? You're just jumping on the gerbil wheel, and you're going to be on that the rest of your life, thinking I'm one step closer to being happy. And nothing's going, you're not going anywhere. Just the wheels spinning around you and you're wearing yourself out. That's not the way to be happy. Be thankful. Sometimes it's hard. I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat that one for you. I think sometimes it's hard. It takes an effort or discipline or focus. And really what it takes is a spiritual development in your life and in my life. And so it's Thanksgiving. The message is, of course, let's be thankful. But I want to spend a few minutes before we pray, before we're going to share communion together, before we do all these things, before we disperse and go um, have our gatherings with our families or wherever, wherever we're going to be. I want to talk about how to be thankful. Because I think some of us need some, some uh, things to jumpstart, some some ideas. And in fact, um, I think some of us need a trigger. You know how they talk about triggers? Like someone says, oh, I got triggered, you know, and and I don't, I guess I don't really exactly know what it means, but people talk about, you know, um, some, something happened to me emotionally and then I got triggered and I got afraid or that I got triggered and then I got angry. I got triggered and then I got sad. And I, I want you to find, this is your assignment, this is your spiritual growth 101 assignment. Because what think about it. What if we can all learn to be thankful in all of our circumstances? Not for all of them, but in, what if we can learn that? Triggers. Find a trigger. Here's a few triggers that might work. And 
uh, some of them, I, they work for me. Maybe they would also work for you. Um, try a song. There's an idea. Maybe you're not feeling thankful. Maybe you're thinking about the wrong things. Maybe you're thinking about what Thanksgiving could be like or how it could be better. <laughs> you're comparing it to Thanksgiving in 2017 or whatever. Waste of time. Complete waste of time. Um, but find a little trigger. How about a song? Sing a song. Thank you, Kimberly, for the beautiful songs that you led us tonight. That was so beautiful. And Oh, man, there's nothing like a good song to just, it literally just lifts your spirits. Why do you think it is that in the church for 2,000 years have been singing songs? Why do you think that is? Is it just coincidence or we don't have anything else to do while we wait for the pastor to get the message? No way. You sing that song. Something in your heart changes. Something elevates. That's why I always encourage people to sing the songs. Don't watch the songs. Sing the songs. And then the song will get inside of you. And then someday when you're at home and you're hurting or when you're alone, and you need to find a spark. You need to find a trigger. That song can well up. You can sing it. I encourage you to find some songs to sing. In fact, let me read this, Colossians chapter 3. Let me read a verse here, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's what we want. We want God's peace to rule in our hearts. What if your heart was ruled by God's peace? That is, a ruler, like a, the peace of God was in charge of your heart. And that says, and be thankful and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. There it is. I'm trying to admonish you. Someone else could admonish you, encourage you. Then that song comes. Man, find a couple good songs. Find some go-to songs. Put them close by. Put them in your heart and in your head. You sing them. Play them, on the, um, play them on the radio. Find some way to keep your heart lifted. Get a trigger. And I'm telling you what, can change you. A good song can change you. The other thing, in verse 16, it talks about this interaction with each other, admonishing one another, gratitude. You know, one of the things that I think keeps us from being thankful is we get in our own head. You ever get in your own head, start thinking about things, and then you start taking yourself down a path, and it's like a downward spiral staircase, and you go lower and lower and lower, and woe is me, woe is me, and this is bad, and this is worse. And he just goes down and down and down. And then you get around some people. And they just start having some good conversation. Or you come to church. All of a sudden, you shake a few hands. You see a few people. You smile. Some songs. Come. All of a sudden, your spirit starts to lift. You know, it's really important. It's really important for you to be around a thankful crowd of people. And, and look, let me just say something to you. 
yeah, I used to tell this to the students, you know, friends are like the buttons on an elevator. They can take you up or they can take you down, right? So you pick your friends carefully. And if you pick a bunch of complaining friends, brother, get yourself the biggest, what do they call it, N92 mask that you can find because their, their contagion will overtake you. And you will find yourself overwhelmed with complaining, bitter, angry, resentful. That's what happens. One person starts, and someone else jumps in, and it just keeps going and going and going. And there is a lot of complaining. But if you can be thankful and around thankful people, that, my friends, is contagious as well. And thankful people just lift you up. They just... They just kind of force you into a different ethos, a whole different way of thinking and being. So find good people. Get a trigger. Get a friend that snaps you out of it. If you got friends that encourage you to complain, you don't need to be around them. You, you need to be around people that encourage you to be grateful. Now, there's another interesting thing in the Bible, and I think this is very helpful and it might seem a little bit different. But you know, as I was saying, Thanksgiving has always been around the season of harvest where people would gather and it happened as far back as in the Old Testament, they would gather their crops in and they just knew instinctively that we need to be thankful for this. I was trying to explain to Charlie today, you know, that God gives the rain that waters the plants and plants bring up the food. And the reason that we could have breakfast today was because God gave the rain. And it all comes back to God. Everything that we have, it comes back to God. And so um, what they would do is they would gather together at a special time. There would be a harvest. And so Exodus chapter 23 talks about this. And what they would do in Exodus 23, it says, verse 19, bring the first fruits of your soil, first stuff that comes up, to the house of the Lord your God. Bring the first fruits of the soil to the house of the Lord your God. So you get you get something out of the ground, you realize it's a gift from God. That particular act, now bringing it to God's house um, like in today's world, we take we, we do we do an offering, and so usually people give out of how God has blessed them, right? God gives you a job, He gives you income, and you give some of what God's blessed you with. But man, if you've ever been in a very very rural country, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I've had a, a few times. I've been privileged traveling in Africa, other places where people literally come to church. With some stalks of corn and come to church with a big bowl of rice. Pastor Bright will, will tell you, will testify to this, and we just walk into the church with it. And it's just unbelievable. It's an unbelievably humbling experience. But it does something for you. You know, giving, giving back to God, giving forward to other people, recognizing that it, 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 it's, it's a gift. And by, by giving, it triggers us. It does something for us. Listen very carefully to me. God doesn't need any of your offering. God doesn't need any of it. 
And that was made clear by the prophets that God doesn't need any sacrifices. God is good. God's covered. God's well off. We can say that. These things aren't for God. These things, these acts are for you and me. We learn something significant happens. It triggers us when we give that. And so as we uh, wind down, it's, uh, it's the act of communion that I want to think about now. The, the breaking of the bread. The Lord's Supper initiated by Jesus. It says the disciples are together and he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. I believe this was meant to be another trigger. A, a, a ritual, a routine, um, a, a rite in the church that triggers us to be thankful. Every time that bread is broken, every time we, we drink that cup, we're reminded, we're reminded of God's gift to us. And we're prompted to be thankful. And so before we, we uh, sing one more song, and before we disperse, we want to share the Lord's Supper together. We want to, we want to have a trigger. But listen, um, I want you, I want you to make a person's to find some triggers, some little things, songs, friends, prayers, church. Communion, you know, you just make a list, find a way and say, when you get in that, when you get in that mode, say, I gotta have a trigger. I gotta have a Thanksgiving trigger so that I can get my mind and my heart right in the right place because it's God's will for you and for me to be thankful. All right, I wanna ask you now if you would begin in the front, if you'll come up and receive the bread and the cup and He'll hold on to it until everyone has received. Please, if you're with us online, welcome all of you, and I hope you'll do the same wherever you are. My cup could not open. Now, Scripture says, On the night the Lord was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take the bread and take the bread. In the same way. In the same way. After supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. And whenever you drink it, you remember me. Let's take the cup. Like I said, the historic church the first church, they called this the Eucharistia, the Thanksgiving meal. Thanking the Father for the indescribable gift given to us. 
And the Lord, the apostle wrote, for whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This cup, this bread which we have taken today, this evening, we have expressed our gratitude before God. Like I said, for the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It is also an evangel because when we take the cup, I mean, we take the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord until he comes. And therefore, join me in prayer as we wrap up our Thanksgiving service this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, that we come to you with the hearts of gratitude. Much as our, what we do does not offer or enrich you in any way, but you appreciate the spirit of gratitude. For in Luke 17, the Lord Jesus healed ten lepers. And one of them, who happened to be a Samaritan, returned back to the Lord and said, Thank you for healing me. In that passage, the Lord says, I thought there were ten that, I, 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 that uh, were healed. Where are the nine? Lord God Almighty, that story tells us that you appreciate our gratitude. You appreciate thanksgiving. When we come to you, Lord God Almighty, thanking you for many things, oh God. Thanking you for our salvation. Thanking you for our families. Thanking you, Lord God Almighty, for the kingdom of God, as the Hebrew writer says. For we have been given a kingdom that will not be shaken. Lord God, this evening we come to you, Lord God, with thanksgiving. Thanking you, O Lord God Almighty, for many things right here in America. So many things we take for granted, Lord. But in this nation that is the biggest, the richest nation in the history of the world, we have so much to thank God for. Thanking God for the freedoms. Thanking God, Lord God, for the, the ability of God to express ourselves, Lord God, in however we want. This is a gift. And may you be magnified and glorified. And this evening, we pray that, Lord God, as we disperse in this place, we say, may the Lord God Almighty engulf us, oh God, with his own spirit, as we go into our families, a God, into our homes, a God. Let us look back to you and say, Lord, you are God that is worthy of all our praise. May you be magnified and glorified today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Thank you family.